This is your boy Jay Will with J&J Sports Nation. I'm back. Let's talk about one of the most shocking stories thus far. Irvin Magic Johnson resigning as the president of basketball operations for the L.A. Lakers. And the question everybody's asking is why. Um, I know this this subject has been truly, I guess, for lack of a better word, taken out of context. But at the end of the day, when you just look at this, the surface level of everything, you look at the L.A. Lakers at this point, of course, no doubt they're going to be missing the playoffs. Um, the experiment that was LeBron James and bringing him in, if that hasn't worked out. Uh, of course, injury played a factor in that. Besides the fact that I don't believe they really figured it would be to this extent. I believe that they thought, they meaning the uh, Genie Bus and the Laker faithful thought that with the addition of Magic coming on, it was a new day, which it was. But I believe the most shocking thing, I believe of all, is the fact that he just up and quit. Not even taking in, you know, a full season. Because you have to know that taking over a, a roster like uh, the L.A. Lakers had, uh, it's going to take you at least two to three years to build it. And I'm not a GM. Never played one on TV. Uh, never played one in any form, shape, or facet. But even I know that with a roster, and yeah, I know the Lakers had money as far as cap money, things of that nature, uh, you have, you're going to have to be very wise and prudent a, spending that type of money to be able to bring it back to where it needs to be. Now, was it going to happen overnight? I don't think anybody expected, you know, most people probably had a pipe dream if they did, but nobody really expected that to happen overnight. But when LeBron James came, that changed everything. You know, he came as, you know, riding on the, riding on the horse to save the franchise. However, at the end of the day, with the news just this week of Magic Johnson resigning, the question is how far is this franchise going to go into the toilet? Or will it be like the Phoenix and despite everything is going to go ahead and still survive? Well, pretty much, you know, it's going to be a long off season. For the franchise, it's going to be, to say the least, it's going to, I mean, it's just shocking. You know, for me, um, growing up, of course, watching Magic, you know, as a player, of course, you know, I'm a huge Chicago fan, so the Bulls are my team. But just knowing the the player, the drive, the sheer tenacity to be the best on the court. Uh, to be the best among his peers, um, and to trans transition from that into a highly successful business owner, and to come to a franchise that I don't know, and I, you know, I'm not really 
how to say it, but just to say it. I don't think he knew what he was up against. I don't think the, I believe to a certain degree, you know, it could be a situation where he said, well, hey, I'm magic. And then that was just bring everybody come running. However, um, it's a big difference when you're running a franchise. And what I mean by that, I'm talking about a sports franchise. You know, sure, he has success in business, you know, business. And, you know, to a certain degree, running a major sports franchise is a business. However, it's a different rules that you play by. And so hearing the news of this, it, it just shocked me because at the end of the day, when you hire people or you hire anybody, whether it's a manager or in this case, a high end level executive, you want to make sure that the person you're hiring is well qualified to be able to take that franchise or that business per se and lead and bring it to a place where um, it's a success. And at the end of the day, everybody knows the LA Lakers. And I believe that in this offseason, should he have stuck it out at least two seasons and even would have went to Jeannie Buss and say, hey, you know, this is probably not what I thought. Um, Hey, this is what I plan to do. You know, some reports have the fact that uh, Jeannie Buss didn't know uh, about the situation. And, you know, hopefully, you know, you know, things are speculative and hearsay. But if that was the case, you know, it's not a good look uh, because at the end of the day, if this is something that you will say, hey, you know, I'm going to throw my hand, I'm going to try my hand at it, that's one thing. But to actually be committed and to be, you know, one of the cornerstones, you know, certainly one of the top uh, Lakers of all time, to be able to just take over as the president of basketball operations and then all of a sudden just say, hey, I'm out. Just not a good look. And at the end of the day, I wonder what a situation like this, how is it going to play out when the next person, or I should say the next coach, not coach, excuse me, uh, the next uh, aspiring basketball uh, president of basketball operations, you don't want to come in and say, hey, I want... You know, I desire to do this. Now, is it going to be met with skepticism? Because believe it or not, and I hate to put it in the slide, but when it's something like this takes place, quote unquote, it it kind of puts a, a, a cloud over the rest. And so at the end of the day, uh, I just feel, I wouldn't say bad, I just feel it, it's it's... I guess you can say it's truly an an embarrassment. Um, So at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of factors that play in. We won't know the total or the overall issue uh, because it's going to be one person's viewpoint. So you get a person's viewpoint, guess what? That's just their view. The question is, is it the truth? So um, at the end of the day, 
you know, hopefully the next uh, president of basketball operations, you know, hopefully the next one that comes in has a a burning passion and desire to reshape, reform this roster uh, to a championship form uh, and to be able to do the things that need to be done to bring in premier talent because at the end of the day, who doesn't want to play for the Lakers? Um, and so at the end of the day, I just believe and hope that, because um, even though once again, I'll just preface this, I'm not a huge Laker fan by no means. But at the end of the day, when you look at a proud franchise who for so many years competed for championships, and it's just it's just like everything else, you know, in you know, in, in time. You know, you're up when you're up, and then when you're down, you're down. So right now, uh, one of the premier franchises in the, um, you know, in the NBA, and so certainly the most recognized. So at the end of the day, I just hope everything works out for that franchise and that um, that the fans of L.A., you know, hold on tight. Hopefully it doesn't take long to get this uh, franchise turned around. So with that being said, uh, big ups to um, – Laker faithful, keep your head up. Uh, it'll get better. Next, I want to talk briefly about why we're in the NBA. I want to talk briefly about a team, my team, that's really frustrating me, which is my very own beloved Chicago Bulls. And one of the things I just never really realized is at the end of the day, when you have inept management and when you have inept management, it only leads to um, a, um, how can I put it, below average results. And so at the end of the day, that's just kind of how it works. And just thinking about, you know, it's crazy. Just to see a record of 22 and 60, fourth in the Central Division. And the question is, when you bring in talent, and that's what everyone kind of talk about, I believe at the beginning of the NBA season, I kind of talked about the uh, – firing of uh, Fred Hoiberg and how all of a sudden now he's not a good fit. And the same management that brought in Fred Hoiberg when they had a good coach um, and said that he was all this, you know, this great coach. And, and at the end of the day, guess what? It didn't pan out. So, and the thing that really, you know, kind of, really kind of, it just didn't make any sense. And it's just the stuff that Chicago sports teams or sports franchises does. And uh, Bears, I haven't got about, forgot about you. You're going to be next once I finish this one here. But like I said, you uh, let go a great coach. And just because the coach didn't bend to your will, or been to the things that you wanted. Um, so therefore, you went in a different direction, which, you know, that's certainly you're right. But at the end of the day, when you wind up going in a different direction, 
at least you want to go in the direction, a positive direction. You want a coach that's going to be able to um, take that team and take them to the next level. Because certainly we think about uh, teams that, you know, are on a cusp and they're just missing maybe that one player or the right coach. And so at the end of the day, it's just kind of, you know, one of those deals where um, you just want to make sure that you have all the right ingredients going forward. And so at the end of the day, the Chicago Bulls figured that, hey, we can go with a different guy because at the end of the day, we don't like uh, the coach that we have. So uh, at the end of the day, it's time to uh, make a change. And certainly, like I said earlier, just prefaces, it's, it's, no, it's nothing wrong with making a change. But you want to make a change for the better. Fred Horberg didn't make it. The current coach right now, he's not making it. And the question is, where do you go from here? And the thing about it is, at some point, you have a young, talented roster, but is the coach and that staff really pulling out the talent that they have in that roster? And so you have to really figure out what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. But at the end of the day, if you can't find the right coach for the fit of your team, and another thing that kind of, you know, surprises me, when you are a GM, you should know the pulse of your team, and you should know what type of coach that would be able to take that team to the next level. Um, a lot of times is, you know, some people say, you know, the term hit or miss, but you shouldn't be missing this much. You know, you think about the days of the glory days of Derrick Rose uh, before the injury. Uh, then you bring in a um, Jimmy Butler, and and then you had those pieces. D Wade came over, and you had something you know uh, special with uh, D Wade and and Jimmy Butler. And then you turn around and you say, well, hey, we're gonna blow everything up. When you had bona fide superstars there, you just needed maybe one or two more to put something together there. But I believe personal feelings always tend to get into the the, the way of making great decisions. Um, because if you're a GM and you know a coach that would be great for your team, but you and that coach kind of rub each other the wrong way, figure it out. Because the only people who lose in the long run is the fans. You know, and and, and being a born and raised in the in the Windy City, loving my beloved Chicago Cubs, loving my Chicago Bears, loving my Chicago Bulls, and Blackhawks. Blackhawks won a championship. Cubs won a championship. The Bears, they're on the cusp. They're getting there. But the Bulls, I mean, it seemed like when Jordan rolled off to the sunset, that's where everything else rolled off into. And, you know, John Paxton, I don't know really what he's doing. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you have great coaches that are out there right now. Coaches that can come in and get these guys playing championship-type ball because right now the culture right now and the players, you know, I know the players, and, and I think there are two 
two entities right now. One being the fans, two being the players. The players have to come in every night and play. Knowing that, A, their front office don't have their back. Why? Because they will be doing everything they can to position them. But right now, they're positioning themselves for the draft, from what it looks like. And, you know, shout out to the Chicago Bulls roster. You know, um, truly a big fan, but just not a fan of of um, egos. Because that's where everything started, was with egos. So, at the end of the day, it is what it is. You know, Chicago is a tough sports town, so keep your head up. All Bulls fans out there, like myself, hopefully um, at some point, you know, the owner will say, hey, enough is enough. Let me get rid of my GM, my player of basketball, my president of basketball operations, you know, guard form, get out rid of all these guys. Let's build this thing right. Let's start with the – and it's funny – Every sports franchise always say, well, hey, we're in a rebuild, rebuild. And when you rebuild, it's funny how the roster is always rebuilt, but not the GM and not the president of basketball operations. If you're going to rebuild, rebuild from a foundation. Because when you have people or GMs and your, your basketball operations, you have those guys that's just sitting there for years and years and years and there is no track record of success, you have to ask the question of why. You know, for for years, you know, um, you know, Jeff Fisher, coach for years and years and years, and not any playoff, you know, not any playoff appearances, you know, if so, very few, if, you know, none. And then you turn around and you have these player uh, basketball operations, uh, president of basketball operations, and these GMs are just sitting back. And the question is, what are they doing? See, it's easy when you get comfortable. When you get comfortable, you can do things like that. But you have a management, a true owner, that say, hey, this is a franchise that's proud, that has a great fan base, not just in the city of Chicago, but fans across the country. We owe it to them to put out the best product possible. And if, as the GM and the president of basketball operations, if you can't do that, then I'm going to find somebody that can. Why? Because I'm not going to just throw my money away. There are, you know, young women, young men, fans across this country who, what? They tune in to watch on TV or they're in the stands at the, uh, you know, watching the game, and guess what? And the product that we're putting out there for them, it's not right. But it's not until you have an owner that's going to say, hey, enough is enough. The only reason why we're here, the only reason why we're getting paid, the only reason why we're generating revenue is because of our fans. And we owe it to our fans to leave a legacy to them, to have great basketball players come in, be a drafted, developed, or being players that come in uh, through free agency to put a roster together and go out there night after night after night and compete. Maybe it's just me. So, with that being said, moving on to the next topic. My Chicago Bears. Hmm. You know, when the reports start surfacing about 
Jordan Howard. They were trying to move him. And I was like, that didn't make any sense because here's a guy who's rushing for 1,000 yards. Last year it wasn't 1,000 yards only because what? He didn't get enough touches. And I'm not really quite sure, but a good running back, not great, but a good running back needs to get lathered up. What does that mean? He needs touches. And Jordan Howard was great. And so the question is, you go from great to what? And you might say, well, hey, if he's great, then why didn't they keep him? Well, if you have an offensive system that doesn't, quote unquote, well, in their mind, that doesn't fit his skill set, then they're going to go out and find a running back that does, which doesn't make any sense because at the end of the day, you still need to be effective in running the ball. And if you're not effective in running the ball, then the question starts coming to your mind of why do you have, uh, why would you want to run it back that doesn't give you the ability to churn out yards? Because at the end of the day, guess what? You have to be able to run the ball. You have to be able to run the rock. And I'm not quite sure, like I said, with a, a team like the Bears right now, uh, they are needing the ability to have a running back of a Jordan, uh, Jordan Howard's caliber. And I'm not quite sure why would you want to trade him. But then on top of that, for a conditional six-round pick, fifth or sixth-round pick, and, you know, me and uh, my boy Jay Will, shout-out to Jay Will, I mean, uh, excuse me, shout-out to my boy Jay Cross. Uh, we sat and we talked about it. He saw it before I did. And he just couldn't believe it. And I was blown away. A good friend of mine, uh, he's an Eagles fan. And he was like, you know, hey, thank you for Jordan Howard. And I was like, well, what you mean? And I looked up and I saw it. And I was like, for conditional. And I'm thinking to myself, is this, you know, and, and that's what I mentioned. And that's what I meant earlier about Chicago teams. I, I don't know why they do that. This guy is a bona fide big-time running back and a conditional sixth-round or fifth-round pick. And I got to, you know, explain to my boy Jay Cross, I said, well, maybe there are some stipulations, some, 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 some things in there where if he runs for 1,000 yards, that could elevate to a fourth-round pick. But I'm not so sure about that, you know. But at the end of the day, big ups and a shout-out to my boy Jay Howard. Uh, I mean... I appreciate everything you've done for you know for that for the, you know for for my beloved Bears. And at the end of the day, uh, yes, we're gonna wind up seeing you guys. We see in Philly this year, so hopefully, hopefully, because a la Adrian Peterson who ran all over the Bears, a la you know, um, um, oh man, I can't forget what's the guy's name. Um, anyway. But you know Jordan Howard don't hurt him too bad. Don't 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 put don't put two hundred on him because you know it, to me it does really doesn't make any sense. Um, and then now the draft's coming up, which I'm gonna get into another segment about that. Not this segment, but another segment. Draft's coming up, and at the end of the day, if you're gonna get rid of a running back like that, you want to bring in somebody of a high caliber, you know. Um, certainly at his level or above. But at the end of the day, was it um, an issue with, you know, cap? 
you know, the money, you know, could be to that. Or, like I said, just wasn't the scheme fit, so they think. But at the end of the day, you know, who doesn't fear a running back that can break it at any moment? And that's what he was. So, at the end of the day, it is what it is. So, you know, like I said, sometimes, uh, you know, you got to be tough to be a Chicago sports fan. Why? Because it's just stuff like that, that uh, you just leave your head scratching, you know, just scratching your head for some reason. It just doesn't make sense to me. But anyway, all right, so going to wrap this segment up. Just want to know, uh, at the end of the day, I'm a Bears fan, Cubs fan, Bulls fan, Blackhawks, Chicago through and through, baby. So, at the end of the day, we're going to roll with it. And hopefully in this draft coming up, they make some great decisions, flip some picks, whatever they need to do. Because uh, if, I, if I think I'm correct, we're not picking until day three, I believe. Um, not day three, day two, because we got third-round pick. So, that's when I pick into the third round. So, hopefully, 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 at that time, there's some great picks out there. Um, you know, who knows? Who knows? So, hopefully... Um, we can do something great uh, in this draft because um, uh, at the end of the day, people, you know, I saw some um, reports that talk about, you know, the Bears really don't need to do a lot, which is true. But at the end of the day, when you can add big-time players to your roster, you know, just like for me, I would love to see Indomitian Sue sign with the Bears. Indomitian Sue? With the Bears on with that front, along with Khalil Mack, Leonard Floyd, Roquan, or I like to call him Quan, man, that would be a feared defensive line. And then Dominican, I don't know how you hear it. If you have, you don't, it doesn't matter how you get back to you. I would love to see you in the Wendy City. Love it, love it, love it. I would love to see that. That would be a very special defense. Uh, because that front seven will definitely get after any quarterback, period. So, And with the upcoming regular season, looking at some of the, the schedule, what's going to be on the schedule, we're going to have to be ready. A1, top-shelf talent. We have to be ready to go. And uh, we know we got the Packers kicking off the uh, season. So at the end of the day, we have to have everything in place, ready to go, ready to rock. That means this offseason, if you hear me, my beloved Chicago Bears, I know you guys are working hard, but work as hard as you possibly can because I feel that this year, this year will be our year. We have too many, too many, too many great additions on this team and to add more talent, to infuse more talent into what we already have, I'm ready. So with that being said, this is your boy, Jay Will, J&J Sports Nation. You know who I am. I'm back, baby. See you in a minute.